podcast is brought to you by Courtney Lyric Books. All books by Courtney Lyric are located on Amazon.com in both hardback and Kindle. Let's start the show. It's your girl, the thick writer chick. Miss Courtney Lyric is in the building. How y'all doing on this lovely Friday? Okay, so today I would like to talk about season two of All American. Now, if you follow the show, I did a quick recap last year on season one because I was really impressed with the show. Um, in real life, I'm really not that big into sports, but to know me personally is to know I absolutely love, 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 love a good sports film or a good sports show. For example, um, remember the Titans facing the Giants, Hoosiers, he got game, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Coach Carter, I'm trying to think of a sports movie that I just really don't like, um, what else? What else? What else? Eh, I can't think of any off the dome. And of course, the show, The Game. So I really love me a really good uh, sports, you know, like a like a movie or a show that revolves around sports. For some reason, I don't know what it is about sports, but it really it really challenges script writers and writers to step their game up. So real life sports, boring. Sports on film, yay! And. Uh, <laughs> So I was floored by um, All American season one. I thought it was so well written. It really challenged me as a writer. And first of all, it was just flat out entertaining. Um, I started season two. Actually, when it started coming on, I think it was UPN. When it started coming on television, I started season two. But the first few episodes lost me. I quit watching it. I'm not gonna lie. It was too much melodrama. It was like excessive, unrealistic melodrama in rich white teenagers lives it was too much I was like my man's where's the football like I mean it was just too much it was over the top everybody (laughs) the one thing and I said this last year excuse me when I talked about season one is these children because that's what a 17 year old is a child they are unrealistically mature I don't know if it's a new age thing, but people at Southwood were not talking how Spencer talks. What's the what's the twin sister? Um, the one he lives with, Baker. Girls weren't talking like that when, you know, I don't know if it's a setting. My cousin says it's an area thing. It's real. It's very real. She says just the area. That's how kids in Beverly Hills are. They have rich, rich people problems. So, I mean, you know. When I was at Southwood, and I, I consider myself, or I, I did as a teenager, a rather mature for my age. And let me tell you, I wasn't talking like them. <laughs> I wasn't saying stuff like this. I always thought the children were unrealistically mature, but supposedly it's based on a true story. But even still, even when you hear based on a true story, I need you to be open to the fact that more than likely, it's going to be beefed up for television, no matter what. So, anywho. So the first few episodes, and eh, I, I was like, no thanks. Um, really, I fell off of All American and Black Lightning. I was just like, it's too much for both of them. And they happened to come on back to back, so that didn't help. But um, now that we are in the quarantine, I guess everyone else got a chance to be, you know, discover All American on Netflix. And everybody's buzzing about how great season two was. And I was like, what? Nah, nah, boo, nah. Season one. Heck yeah. Season two, eh. They, they, they're trying too hard. And they're like, keep watching, keep watching. It gets better. All right, so cool. 
I kept watching. I'm in quarantine. I'm taking these calls from home. I mean, whatever. I need something to watch. And lo and behold, the season did take a turn and actually got better. And yes, we got to see more football. So, like I said, I'm just a dog. I love me some football on film. But you cannot pay me to sit there and watch no game in real life unless, unless it's the Super Bowl. I'm just not into football in real life. But um, on film, I was here for it, baby. So, uh, let me see. Where do we want to start? Uh, okay, so if you if you follow All American, you know, season one ended. Um, Coop got with the feds and Miss Baker, and they helped put Tyrone, who is a Tupac lookalike, and lo and behold, he played Tupac in his autobiography. Go figure. But anyway, um, put him away. So... They put him away. He's gone. Um, turns out. So okay, okay. So let's. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much too soon. So they put him away. Um, she goes back to school thinking that she's done something good. You know, she's helped the hood out to get this tyrant that nobody even likes. Even his own gang members don't respect him. You know, the Bloods don't like him. He he got a couple of homies, but for the most part, nobody cares. And she's being labeled as a snitch. So, her rep has gone out the window. She's a snitch now. Um, you know, she's kind of getting low-key bullied for being a snitch. And Spencer, being the captain save a hoe he is, is always, always trying to save this girl out of her own mess. And I get it. We've been friends since Kinderoo. But it don't, it gets worse. So, we'll, we'll so back to Spencer. So, back to uh, Coop. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, Coop and Patience are going steady still. Um... Coop is stepping into music. She's making her own name, trying to get out that street life and get more into music. Now, if you if you follow the actress who plays Coop, she also starred in Empire as a rapper. And to be honest, I actually liked her better in Empire. The raps were better. You know, um, I think she writes them because I think it's Breezy, I believe is her uh, real life rap name. I don't want to say it incorrect. Let me check. Yes, Breezy. Um... And she did great in Empire. She actually can act fairly well. Um, trying to pass her off as a high schooler, I think, is a bit much. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but she's a rapper in this as well. So I think she's, she's she's making a name for herself as an actress. But in real life, I think she wants to do music as well. Now, I say go for it. You know, you never want to be just boxed in as one thing if you have more than one gift. It turns out that... Um, What's Spencer's little girlfriend name? Hmm. I can't think of it right now. The one who's, you know, low-key depressed and doesn't want to own up to it. Layla, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. Her and her dad. Um, her dad actually dabbles in music and music production. So, uh, you know, he hears one of Coop and Precious's. Precious's. Mm. Uh, one of Coop and her girlfriend's songs and actually doesn't think much of Coop. Like, you straight, I got a million Coops, but Precious, tell me, you know, tell her, holla at me. So Coop, you know, being the insecure weirdo she is, doesn't even tell Precious, doesn't even mention it to her, you know? And, you know, me and JJ watched that episode together and he was kind of like, is she jealous? I was like, yeah, she is. It's something. It's something. My thinking is this. It's kind of like the... um about, you know, we remember uh, Nelly and the St. Lunatics. At first, they didn't want all the lunatics, baby. They just wanted Nelly. And you know what the lunatics said? Baby, get your foot in that dough. One eat, we all eat. But I, I guess um, Coop wasn't feeling that. So she didn't tell Precious about the incident. Also, 
for my B2K fans out there, Little Fizz made an appearance as a hardcore rapper lord. <laughs> I mean, we know he rapped in B2K, but gangster rap, challenge. But it was nice to see him anyhow. It was nice to see him on something other than um, Love and Hip Hop being April's B word. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So Coop is like making a name for herself. She blasts Little Fizz's character, you know, shuts him down. She's making enemies. She's making friends. She's making moves. You know, Spencer's over in Beverly Hills trying to do his thing. Um, so Olivia Baker, who is the twin sister of Jordan, is it Jordan Baker? Yes. Um, who is Coach Billy Baker's twin daughter. You know, she, on season one, if you follow, she dealt with depression. She dealt with alcoholism, um, drug issues, all sorts of stuff. Um, she's doing better. Her and Asher are, um, you know, trying to do their little friend thing. And then, of course, friend becomes more. But anyway, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. So, um, season one. Okay, on to the, on to the creme de la creme. We're all here for Spencer, okay, with his... Spencer is like, okay, his real name is Daniel Ezra, and he is like fine, ugly. Now, okay, let me let me explain. He's a funny looking fellow, but he is so fine with it. Like, oh my gosh, I just love him. And I remember, and the character he portrays is so big hearted that that makes him even more sexy. So last season. <laughs> I had to Google and make sure I wasn't getting my R. Kelly on because you know they play in high school. He's playing a 17-year-old boy. So I had to Google and make sure I wasn't lusting after your, after no young flesh. And lo and behold, he is 27 in real life. Because <laughs> I was like, man. I had to Google. Let me be clear. There is a lot, a lot, a lot of fineness on All-American, okay? Okay. It might not have been a whole lot of sports, but it's always been a lot of fineness between the Baker man and Spencer and Tyro. Whew, Lord. But anyway, um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Lord. Okay, yes. So, um, in season one, Spencer's father came back in the picture. We found out that the reason that he supposedly disappeared is because Coach Baker and Spencer's mother, you know, his wife, we're having an affair or I wouldn't call it an affair because an affair is like multiple hookups. They hooked up once, I think. And he wasn't, he didn't know if the younger brother was even his, you know, he's like, is that my son? And it left us on a cliffhanger and we didn't know. But anyway, so he's back. Um, I guess back. Yeah. 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 He's back. Um, trying to get through the Spencer, you know, trying to, yeah get some established with them and yeah so anyway um he has to my understanding it was an old girlfriend or a current girlfriend i don't even understand how the boy that he practically raised who is not spencer or his brother let's be clear came into the picture i was under the impression that he was dating his mother and just over the years he kind of raised him but so he's he's here now. So the boy who Spencer's dad has actually been raising. But you know what they say. They say deadbeats are raised the hell out of two things. Pit bulls and somebody else's kid. So there's this <laughs> so there's this this random boy who's also handsome, might I add. And um he's been raising him and he's some star football player as well. 
he's not really feeling Spencer. Spencer is not really feeling him. Um, the dad is trying to get back in good. They're making progress little by little. Even him and Billy are kind of getting their friendship back. There was a lot of flashbacks to when they were younger. Um, you know, Billy, Billy, who might I add, is the scrumptious Tay Diggs. Billy's a bit of an a-hole. Well, I said I was going to start cussing. Billy's a bit of an asshole. You know, um, <laughs> he he still, he's got that Crenshaw in him, but he's still, he's, he's Beverly Hills. He's married to a white woman. You know, he's, he's a little uppity. He can't, you know, there's a part of him, pride is a serious thing, especially when you think you're above certain things. Okay, you're going to take my apology, but you're not getting anything else. Like, his nose was still a bit in the air about the fact that, hey, the reason we are enemies or not friends or whatever is because you slept with my wife, bro. And so, Miss Baker, I can't recall how she found out. Oh, but she found out. I think it was, um, it was either Coach, Coach's dad spilled the tea or, or, you know, or Spencer's dad spilled the tea, but some kind of way, um, she found out about the affair. So now, Coach Baker is out the house. He's on the rocks with his wife and the kids, the twins, you know, Jordan and Olivia. They're kind of feeling it. Olivia's flashing back to her, you know, ways, and Jordan's all over the place, and he actually thought he got a girl pregnant. Anyway, okay, let's not get there. Let's not go there yet. So, um, back to Spencer. Anyway, things are finally coming together with Spencer and his dad, which, you know, I'm, I'm always here for the recollection of a relationship between a father and a son, between a father and a child, as long as it's genuine. Um, Dylan was all in. Spencer was halfway in, still kind of, still kind of in. But after things are pretty going good, he just he he pulls a, a disappearing act, part two. He writes some flimsy letter and disappears yet again. Now this time, his adoptee son isn't. He's he's just distraught, you know. And I get it. Because he did raise you and he's really the only father you know and I comprehend that. But I did not like how he came at Spencer. You're going to tell me, what did you do? You know, sir, get up on my damn face. Because at the end of the day, you are not his real son. We are his children and he just bounced on us again. And you're coming here asking us what we did to make a grown, well, what I did to make a grown man do the same thing he did. 10 years ago, I would have told him like this, welcome to the club. You wanted to be his son? This is what we get. <laughs> Every blue moon, he was just disappearing your ass. This is what he does. You wanted to be a son so bad, we've got jackets. You know, but he thought he was, once again, he thought he was above all that. So he came in Spencer all sideways. Dylan is illegally opening people's mail and finds out that the father had cancer in the past and that the cancer is back. Um, and apparently it's terminal this time. Um, they decide not to give up. Uh, mama recollects a cabin in the woods that, you know, they used to go to back before she was sleeping with someone else. Whoops. And, um, they go there, you know, they stalk them and go there and they're like, look, we're not gonna let you die alone in short, but it was a beautiful episode. It really was. Um, I'm glad that they followed their first mind and went. He had kind of gave up, and I guess he made his choice 
that he wanted to die alone in the cabin and stink the joint up. I don't know, but um, he didn't want to be. He didn't want to be bothered with his last days. Um, he didn't want to further go any treatment. He was just like the way it is it's so bad that there's no point in that. I don't know. Maybe he moonlights as Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, and uh, he has a PhD in you know cancer treatment that we don't know anything about. I think he just should did treatment. But um, they got a chance to fish. They got a, a chance to hug it out. They got a chance to bond all three of the boys. And, you know, when he finally made his mind up, I'm going back. Okay, this is the kicker. Remember I said he wasn't sure if Spencer's younger brother was his. Okay, she took the liberty of getting a DNA test and gave him the results. I think that's what he needed to get that, get his mind right. So he's like, all right, cool. You know, I got to fight for my boys. I'm coming back home. I'm getting treatment. Let's do this. He goes in the house to get something. Spencer goes back to get him. He dead in the chill. I'm not going to lie. Your girl shed a couple tears watching that because, first of all, the act, whoever their casting director is, I think is good. I've heard people say on the internet they don't think Spencer can act, and they can kiss it. That baby can act, okay? He might look like a fine aunt, but he can act. So, um... You know, his father passed away in the chair. They got to be there with him. You know, I was a little disappointed because I was hopeful. I'm like, dang, is his contract up? I mean, why did the writer feel the need to write him out so quickly? But it's supposedly based on a real story, so I'm guessing that's what happened in real life. But me as a writer, you know, we would have just went through treatment or something. You know, that could have been plugged in the story some kind of way. But eh, it's neither here nor there. So we all go back. You know, we go back to Beverly Hills, we go back to Crenshaw, our respective corners of the world, wherever. Um, and uh, Spencer decides he, he doesn't want to play football anymore. He he feels like he always did it from the time he was a little boy in hopes of getting his father's attention. Kind of like Slumdog Millionaire. I think I compared it to that in, my, in the last season when I talked about it last year, too. But it's kind of like Slumdog Millionaire. He always played football in hopes that he would see him and then come and see him, which is exactly what ended up happening. Smart kid. But I guess he feels like his connection to the game was his old man. And now that he's gone, you know, there's, there's really no reason to continue with this. But, um... All the while, it's so much, you know, so that's that. That's that with him. Let's move on to some, well, let's talk about Jordan, shall we? Um, I'm not really big on light-skinned guys, but I got to say, his real name is Michael Evans. Ah, if only, if only. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my, my last name in real life. But, um, okay, so Jordan, <laughs> like I said, the twins were taking the separation kind of hard. Um, Jordan has become rebellious. They running all over the mama, you know, white women. Easy run over, I guess, but they're just running over her. And he's wilding out. He's, he's humping girls left and right. Partying is, you know, just partying and drinking and doing the most. And so this girl named Simone pops up and is like, I'm pregnant and it's yours. Now, at this point, I'm like, oh, really, Jordan? Really? But his family is super supportive. Um, you know, I, you know this is some modern-day stuff, because let me tell you, black parents was not acting like this back in the day. 
when teenagers was popping up with babies. I mean, it's grown men whose families don't help the way the baker stepped up. They got a house, I mean, not a house, but they got a room in their house for, for nothing but this baby. He put the crib together. At first, he was giving her that good old raggedy daddy treatment. He was dodging cars, all types of shit. But, I mean, he, he was giving her that runaround. And then his sister, you know, I guess that's how twins are. If anybody can pull a twin out of a rut, it's the twin. And uh, she's just like, look, bro, you better get your head out your behind. You finna be a father. And you dodging her cause isn't going to change that. Hold, hold tight for me, though. Anyway, so he gets it together. He hits her up. They talk, you know, and now he's about that baby life. You know, he's like, look, he even got this watch that's from his grandfather's, grand, you know, his grandfather's father and gives it to her. And she's like, you can give it to our baby. You know, they, they set up a whole room for, for her and the baby in the house. And at this point, she's she's just taking him on. Her guilt got the best of her. I thought it was going to be she's not pregnant at all. But no, it's she's pregnant is by somebody else. So she did all this lying, all this hounding, all this trying to pin this baby on this young man. And lo and behold, you knew you was pregnant when we hooked up and it's somebody else's. Now, me, I breathe a, a great deep sigh of relief. I just call it what you want, whatever. I'm a mother of boys, and I was happy for him, and I was happy for their family. Um, be rid of her. Be ghost. Because that's foul. I don't care. It's foul. It's foul. Point blank, period. You got, you, you hounding this young man, you know, and he is bending over backwards at 17 to really step up. And you lying? Chick be gone. But by then, I think he was so attached. You know, when she told him what it was and that the real dad was crap, her parents really weren't talking to her. When you deal with giving people and big-hearted people, which I guess it turns out Jordan is after all, he just was not letting this go. And I was just like, Lord, where was he when I was pregnant with my first child? I mean... If anything, even, it's like after he found out the baby wasn't his, it's like he stepped up twice as hard. I was like, good grief. But, so he moved her in. Like, they still moved her in. You can stay here. You and the baby can stay here until y'all get on y'all feet. All types of stand-up stuff that she did not deserve. Let's just call a spade a spade. You know, this isn't even my baby. But he still was really down for her, down for the baby. And her mom, you know, and mama had to pull her aside and have a little woman to woman talk, you know, you know, she's, she's white. So it's a little more softer, you know, not as a, it's nothing like I would have said to some girl trying to run game on my son, but it was still the same effect. You know, Jordan cares. He has a big heart. He cares about you. He cares about this baby. What's your plan? Okay. So after you have the baby, then what? So Simone's a stand-up girl. She's she's pretty independent, and her parents said that. So she lied again and told Jordan, "Hey, I called the baby daddy, and we're gonna work things out." This girl moves out the house where this family is welcoming her with open arms, even after they found out that that baby is not related to them. Um, and she goes, "I don't know how, because I th- I thought you had to be like a certain age to get a hotel, but she, and." Uh, and have a job but she goes and pretty much moves to a hotel hmm so um she's she's telling him whatever to kind of run him off and he just will not and I was getting upset you know I was just getting upset so like, first of all I was like Simone you you dumb you dumb you know you, you dumb girlfriend you dumb because first of all girl 
What? I'm not saying take advantage of people's kindness, and I totally get it. If it if it made her feel better, she could have put in on rent or or paid him back or did something. These people weren't asking for nothing. You need the help, and it's obvious this boy loves you. But she would keep trying to hit him with a friend card. He wouldn't even argue it down. He's just like, yeah, I know it's platonic. We cool. Okay, but um, so y'all good? You good? The baby good? And um, she just kept pushing him away. But it was her own kind of immature way of showing love. So he's, she moved out to give him his life back, not to hurt him. Because you're, you're, you're chewing a big plate of, of a big old rib and a steak of taking care of a 17-year-old girl and a baby. And you're 17-year-old yourself. You got degree, you know, you got scholarships on the line with your football you know, and now you're taking on all these responsibilities that you have nothing to do with. It's a it's a big thing. So instead of just being like, I don't want you to do that, I guess she, in her own immature way, just kind of weaseled out. And honesty is not Simone's thing. It's not. Because all the friends, everybody can see it. Everybody's like, she obviously digs you a lot. You know, she obviously loves you a lot. But I guess she just don't know how to say, give her space, back off. Of course, he would not. So then he met the real baby daddy. (laughs) He plays football as well. And it's just like, what a piece of ish. You know, he would just say things on the field to taunt him. And then he hit that ass with that alley-oop and got unsportsmanlike conduct for knocking his ass out. But uh, (laughs) I I was on the bed like, yes, yes. I was, I mean, I was at work. So I had to put my, you know, I had to keep it calm because you know patients be calling but <laughs> i was like yes hit him hit him in the face you know but um they got in a fight they got a fight at the party all types of stuff and simone was just like you're making it worse stay out of it just stay out of it me personally again it ain't me and my age stepping up like that so i wish i could have had me a jordan bake when i was pregnant <laughs> take me now <laughs> this baby's name is jordan jr what you mean who is that who is that fella? Pay him no mind. Um, sign your rights over. Thank you so much, you piece of ish. Okay, Jordan. Sign Jordan Evans, Jordan, uh, Jordan Jr.'s papers. Thank you. And that would have been the end, you know, but we, we talking about 17-year-old kids here and the, the level of wisdom that is at 17. But anyway, he finally came clean. He was like, man, forget all this. I love you and I care about this baby. I was like, <laughs> And, um, he, he put a lot of effort into that, so... I think, and it's like, even when he went back to, y'all, even even when he went back to partying, after she moved into the hotel, you know, them same groupies that he was, like, sleeping around with, messing around with, you know, drinking with at the parties, they would come up to him and be like, you know, what's up, you want to have a good time? He'd be like, nah. They'd be like, ooh, baby, Simone, got your nose open. He's like, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, she made him a better man. And not that that's her job, and not that that's what she was trying to do, but that's what was happening can't deny it but anyway but her issues all over the place i i just it, it for me it would be a no because too many lies first the first big lie you lied and said the baby was 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 mine and it wasn't but the twin sister was like well if she really didn't care about you she would have just kept using you okay true guilty con- you know normally a guilty conscience does show that you're at least dealing with a halfway decent person if somebody comes clean and tells you something hurtful 
they do care because it's plenty in this world that would not say nothing about nothing and would keep letting you think whatever. So I do think she cares about them. I just think we deal with 17 year olds. So, yeah. Um, so that worked out. Anyway, back to a coop. We got to bring it back to Crenshaw. So, um, yes. In season one, Tyrone got locked up. But guess what? Preach decided that he didn't want to testify against Tyrone. So what is Tyrone now? A free man. So we went through all this trouble of setting this up and setting this up and almost getting killed while setting this up just for you to back out of testifying because you want to bring straight justice. If you was so cold, if you was Annie Oakley, if you was Django with the pistol, why you ain't killed him yet? Preach. Okay, you're not no sharpshooter. We had him in prison, but no. I'm going to handle this my way. And it turns out Tyrone hit him with the okie doke and gets him arrested. He's on his third strike, illegal weapons possession. Away goes preach. Tyrone is more than a Tupac lookalike. He's smarter than you think. So, <laughs> so there goes that plan. Now we go into the triple OG, Lorenz Tate's brother. And my thing is this. I don't know if it's because Lorenz Tate's brother is bald now. But why does he keep getting on these gangster roles? Like, these are the Tates. Like, this is Love Jones. You know? I guess maybe because he's gotten a little thicker and he's bald. I guess he got a triple OG look. But I've never looked at Lorenz Tate and thought, ooh, gangster. You know, very handsome, though. But, um, so triple OG, OG, triple, triple. You know, um, he's he's trying to be cool with it. They trying to see how it's going to play out and let Coop handle things. Spencer, once again, being the captain, save a hoe he is. Gets a little sharpshooter from somewhere. And he decides to go confront Tyrone. And, and I know he's being a good, big-hearted person. I know he's being a big bro. I know he's being... Uh, sir, Coop, in all essence, got herself mixed up with Tyrone against your words of wisdom. Why? No. No. If you've grown enough to get in some gang stuff after I really was very clear on not you not doing that you on your own but him being the kind of stand-up guy he is he goes and confronts him my thing Spencer got too much to lose he does Coop has now she got precious and she kind of got music but at the time she ain't had nothing to lose and that's why she was on that foolishness you got a lot to lose you got a lot of people that you care about and a lot of people that respect you they look at Spencer in a certain way so people will ride for him but you're not going to challenge no... I won't call Tupac lookalike a gangster. Because um, he's really quite scary and insecure. Because my thing is, you know, I'm all I'm here for revenge and television, I guess. But if you didn't got off on a murder charge and are free, sir, go live your life. Go live your life. Take this L, which has now become a W, and go live your life. But no, not him. So... Spencer rolls up on him in the cafe and like, say, homie, you better stay up out of coop face before I, um, memorize your ass with these bullets or whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know exactly what was said, but it was along the lines of fall back from coop, fall back from my people, or I will handle you. Well, Tyrone wasn't feeling the threat and he shot him and it continued no less. Here he is once again, being a stand up good student. He's at this cotillion, and after the cotillion, he's standing outside Olivia Baker. Tyrone, or some goon of Tyrone's, comes by and opens fire, and Spencer's now shot. Now, I'm really pissed off, because, great, Spencer's dead. 
Well, I knew he wasn't dead, you know. Can't keep the show going without him. So, he wasn't dead, all glory to God. <laughs> but he was severely injured as far as his shoulder. And as you know, it's called All-American because football. He he can have a surgery, and it can be great and it can be fixed. But if the surgery doesn't go right, he's paralyzed for life. Or we can do a few stitches, and you want to be able to play football again. So, it was kind of like... A double-edged sword, but obviously the blunt end, I would think, would, would be the one I encourage my son to take. And that's what the mama did. She was like, look, football is not your life. In fact, you quit it before you got shot. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, I didn't realize till I got shot that this is my life. So, you just quit football two days ago. Now, it's your life? Like, <laughs> what? But, okay. So, he decides to go through with the with the surgery against better judgment um but it turns out to be going fine but instead of him thanking god that he wasn't killed praising god that the surgery went well and just chilling out he's worried about college recruiters i might have said that wrong i'm sorry recruiters and <laughs> and them thinking that he can't play no more but give yourself some time to heal my man you was just shot like, it wasn't like you you fell down the steps and twisted the an ankle. Sir, you were shot. You almost was killed. Give yourself time to heal. And like Coach Baker was saying, if this is really for you, they'll be there when it's over. But, of course, you know Spencer. So, anyway, um, it's so much to unpack in this episode, and I probably didn't even get it all. Oh, yeah, Spencer's little girlfriend, Leah, she almost runs off a cliff. Um, almost killed herself trying to dig deep into did her mother have depression or not and is it hereditary or not obviously it is because that girl is depressed out of her mind she goes to rehab for a little bit comes back they get back together um, what else what else what else Asher yes Asher starts taking the juice because he wants to be as good as Spencer which he never will be and <laughs> and so he starts juicing you know Oh, for my for my unhip people that don't know what juicing is, it means he's taking steroids. Wink, wink. And um, <laughs> so he starts taking steroids. Uh, the girlfriend, baby twin, she snitches to her dad about the steroids. And, of course, he confronts them. And he's like, look, you got to quit juicing, my man. But him being a clumsy drug addict, I don't know if he left a syringe in the locker room or what. But, like, one of the head coaches or principal or whatever, found, he finds it. And he's like, look, Coach Baker, you either turn in who did this or we shut down the whole program. Coach Baker has his stand-up guy moments when he's not sleeping with other people's wives. He decides to turn himself in and take the blame. And I really thought that was very stand-up of him. He really does love those kids, even though he pretty much has put, you know, his coaching completely in front of his uh, family and wife. <clears throat> but, um... One thing can't nobody say is that he does not love them kids and that he is not a stand-up coach. He is. So, um, he takes the rap. You know, Asher definitely could have been a stand-up guy about it all. But I guess, you know, he was being really hush-hush with why he was suspended. And, and you know, that's love when a person will allow their reputation to be tarnished to protect you. Because not only did he lose his job temporarily, people were talking bad about him. Because you're getting suspended from something you do well, it must have been bad. We already got, you know, all this chitter-chat about you and your wife. And now you can't even hold a job down. Like, it's just all, all around bad. And so Asher did finally come clean. And he's like, look, I'm not going to let y'all take the rap for this. 
Um, you know, I'm not going to let this man lose his job for this. But, lo and behold, that's that problem with playing Captain Saberhole. Sometimes you still get locked up because it turns out his unsuspension was only temporary. He was still in trouble for lying and covering up a player using steroids. So, did all that just to be back in the same boat. Um, meanwhile, his wife is running for DA. Um... Yeah, there's a, a lot going on this season. So anyway, oh, on to the T. So on with Tyrone. Let me wrap let me wrap his story up before we go. We've all been ready for Tyrone to die. I honestly wanted him to die in season one after he shot Sean. I was done with him. But apparently, you know. So at this point, Coop is going super hard. Um, OG Triple OG went missing. They He got some of his goons to beat Preach Up in prison. And he shot Spencer. So, at this point, everybody who is protecting her, you know, Tyrone has handled. You're next, in short. And at this point, she is just like, you know, screw this, man. I'm trying to handle this. And, uh, but it turns out other people had plans for him. So, he does indeed get killed. Hallelujah. And um, <laughs> I personally was not sad to see him go. You know, I don't think anybody was. It's like long overdue. You know, we ain't gonna stretch this out like Harry Potter over no five movies to get rid of this villain. No, kill him now. And um, he was handled. Um, patience through Coop's little sharpshooter over in the river. So, of course, you know, us as the audience, we're thinking, well, if Patience didn't do it, Coop did it, and Patience has just been a ride or die and get rid of the gun. Lo and behold, Coop did not do it. Although the police came looking for her because she had just released a song on the radio talking about killing a man. Killing a man for hurting her friend. Coincidence? I think not. So anyway, that was very, very tough and hardcore evidence against the young rapper, and uh, she was she was doomed. You know, then Patience got rid of the gun. The gun was actually her saving grace. She was going to turn the gun in and be like, look, cops, here's that gun y'all saw me with on a little tape or whatever. But um, Patience threw it in the in the Mississippi River. So there's that. She decides to turn herself in. She's like, this is enough. I, you know, I got to be a big girl. Finally, and stop letting Spencer save my ass. Finally. And handle my stuff. I can't have nobody else, you know, getting hurt or anything behind me. I'm going to turn my stuff in. Lo and behold, she goes to turn herself in. And guess who was there other than Sean's mother? Who might I add made a guest appearance at the funeral? Yes, you heard it first. Sean's mother blew Tyrone to kingdom come and good riddance to his ass. I wasn't surprised when I saw her at the funeral. I was like, oh, that's Sean Mama. Yeah, she did it. She did it. She gonna do it. She gonna do it. But, um, you know, they were just, the way that they had the script set up, we all was thinking, oh, it was Coop. It was Coop. You know, huh? Yeah. Let's be real. Coop is just, no. She ain't finna kill nobody. But, um, Sean's mother did it. You know, she lost two boys, two Kind of, pretty much to the hands of Tyrone. So I, <laughs> I ain't here to judge because I got two sons myself, and I'm, don't get me lying on this podcast. I don't. I understand why she did what she did. You know, I hate you got caught for it. 
no one no one was sad to see him go. He was clearly a thug. And that ain't no black stuff. No. Dude was a thug. He was a, just a killer. All he was doing was out here killing folks and getting off. Obviously, the justice system wasn't going to do anything since, yet again, he got off for killing Sean. So, street justice it is. And there you have it. She went ahead and turned herself in because she knows she knows Coop loves Sean. Sean loved Coop. Not like a romantic love. I mean like a, a family love. And she was like, you know what? You live your life. I made a choice. I made a poor choice. And you not going down for my poor choice. Live your life. Be a kid. And that was really dope of her. Um, I hope that she gets like, you know, gets off early for good behavior. I mean, come on. No, man. Yeah. No, no one was sad to see him go. Get, let her do six months. Yeah, someone is dead. But, you know, a strong six months to show the world we're serious. And relocate her somewhere else so his goons don't find her. But, you know. <sighs> so, Tyrone's gone. It wasn't Coop. It was Shine Mama. Shine Mama had a gangster moment. I mean, lit him up at least six bullets in broad daylight. <laughs> I'm really trying. I guess she said you just got to take the opportunity when it comes and. My thing is, if he knew people was looking for him, why he was just all out on the porch willy-nilly like he was waiting for an Amazon package or something? Anyway, shouldn't you be kind of hiding, sir, a little bit, you know? I'm not saying you're scary, but you got, you know, behind a little bit. You shot Spencer, and he's like, he hated Spencer because Spencer was a little football nerd, you know, not nerd. I just mean he makes good grades. He was a square in, in his eyes, and he still had all the respect of the hood. And here he is having to kill people for respect and still not getting it, even from his own gang. Like, Bloods wanted him dead. He a blood. So, you know, his sister shows up at the 11th hour, talking about she won't revenge. And she comes and sees Preach in prison and is like, I won't revenge. But he's like, my girl, um, the person who shot him is up in here with me. Oh, no. She, she may have pulled the trigger. And you know how revenge makes people think. Because if you really were so concerned about your baby brother's well-being, why didn't you encourage him to give up this lifestyle or yet move him up there where you was at? No. Now you want to be concerned. Now you want revenge. You knew what kind of lifestyle he was living. You knew what it could result in. So it seems like it's a big cycle. Kill one. Kill that one. Kill one. Kill another. Mm. But anyhow, I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed. Because I know I missed a lot. Um, they went to therapy, family therapy all together. I thought that was really, you know, interesting. Um, what else, what else, what else? The daddy died. I talked about that. So the season pretty much ends with Spencer trying to pick something up out the fridge. And what do you know? His arm isn't working. But probably because he's been doing absolutely nothing his physician told him to do or his coach in hopes of getting a college scholarship. And all he had to do was sit out for a season or a couple games, get himself back together, and then come back strong and whole towards the end. If it's for you, it's for you. And that's what the coach said. So now you inject your arm up to show off, and yeah, you got recruited, but now you you can't even move your left side. You're not playing no football like that. Come on, it's, it's a rep for you. When you just could have waited. Patience is a virtue. But, um... So it ends like that. Jordan and Simone are on a good page. You know, um, he loves her, he says. Hmm. 
he's so young and that's so much to get caught up in if it were my son and i can see my jj being like that because he got a big heart and he always wants to save everybody but i'd be like son that girl got a whole lot of stuff going on she lied to you about the baby being yours and yes she came clean but in essence she is still a liar you want to be friends you want to bring a couple items to the baby shower cool but as far as i wouldn't trust nothing that came out of her mouth or if she if you can't see the bill i wouldn't even believe she's pregnant because who lies about stuff like that i get it i get it i know what it is like to be pregnant by someone and wish you were pregnant by somebody else but that's just not how you do that at all she gets no props from me thumbs down for that um what else what else oh yeah oh yeah yeah so spencer gets signed or she gets an offer with patience's not patience um what's the olivia leah leah anyway spencer's girlfriend the one that you know um she gets an offer from her dad who blew her off in the beginning might i add but she's like, nah, I'm going to rock with your daughter. Because she saw me when you did not. And I'm going to rock with her. You know, the uh, Spencer's girlfriend is finding herself in music. Which is good because that depression stuff ain't no joke. And if you can find yourself in a gift and get busy with that, I'm here for that. So that's what she's doing now. She's focusing her energies on kind of following in her father's footsteps. She has an eye for management. She has an eye for, you know, good beats and talent. So, you know, why not? Why not? And she certainly got the resources. I mean, they are loaded to pursue that path. So, um, I can definitely, you know, see that going. I'm interested to see season three. At first, I'm not going to lie, season two's beginning was a little slow. But it picked up. It ended off well. It was a lot of emotions. I'm so glad I watched it. And I would definitely recommend you watch it. Um, If you enjoyed this episode or any of my other episodes, please subscribe, share, like, leave comments. Um, we finally, I know I'm super behind with, I'm in the stone age. Y'all forgive me. I'm not the most technical gal, but I finally got an Instagram page for the thick rider chick. And it's literally just type in the thick rider chick podcast. And we've got a page. It's got like four followers right now. So if y'all can go show me some love, uh, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. Um, I really enjoy doing this and I thank y'all for rocking with me and coming to listen and me give my two cents on these shows and these docuseries, etc. Um, if there was something I forgot, leave it in the comments. It's hard to sum a six. It was 16 episodes, y'all. Oh, Jesus. And I left out the first three because they was whack. So technically, we, you know, that's a lot to squish into 45 minutes, 46 minutes. And um, I'm just going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining me and you guys have a blessed day.